Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, sports fans, to a Saturday edition of Best Bets here on the Field of 68, presented by Bet Rivers. We are the three-man weave, ready to talk to you about all things college hoops on this 152-game slate. Ooh. We're excited. We're jazzed up. We've got all three of the Weavers here right now, but we may be losing Matthew about halfway through the show. Matt, you've got a big commitment today. Tell the folks about it. Yeah, the uh, competitive fly fishing tournament of the Southeast. Now I'm going to see our Florida Atlantic Owls play live in person. Just a two-hour yaunt over to Boca Raton. They're hosting... Louisiana Tech, that might be a last second at the horn best bet for Matthew. Continuing Kai's tradition of the Tour de Weave best bet in person, which I think was profitable, right, Kai? I think we won money on that approach. Uh, won money on the approach, Matt. Yes, two yeah. and one for the old the old road trip there. I'm excited for you. I'm excited Thank for you. some Weave content on that Instagram, calling you out publicly. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> hey, I, I hope the Owls get a win for you. Takeaway from me, Xavier Thank Butler. You. That was a weird game. Uh, Xavier, worst half of the season, looked completely lost, scored eight points in the first 10 minutes, turned the ball over 18 times. They're one of the best ball handling teams in the country. They were eight for 14 from the free throw line. Sui Boom twisted an ankle early on in the game, never was the same. The refs called an incorrect goaltend on Jack Nungie the first time. The second time, you don't need to call that, in my opinion. I get why they called it a goaltend. I still would have let it go. Butler fouled down two. Xavier tied it up. This game had everything. Oh, Nunji called a timeout when he didn't have a timeout. This game was nuts. Crazy craziness. Uh, yes, I agree with the chat. Screw Xavier. I was on the Musketeers, if you couldn't tell. That's my takeaway, Jim. Yeah, wild game. Uh, my takeaway is I'm worried about New Mexico. They've lost four mm-hmm. or five. It's a third Q3 loss of the year. Really got run out of the gym by Air Force. I know Jalen House matters, but he shouldn't matter to the degree mm-hmm. of having no ability to defend Joe Scott's Princeton offense. That was that was concerning. We're going to see if the Lobos can rally late, but if they continue this trend, it's downward trend. The swoon might leave them outside of the dance. Could be could be trouble in paradise there. All right, let's get to today's slate. It's fantastic. It's awesome. We're all jacked up and jazzed up and pumped. And then we start with the Iron Bowl. Alabama oh. at Auburn. Matthew's total has been hammered up. Alabama's minus two and a half, but there is some money coming in at Auburn. 
down at two in some places. How do you see this one shaping up between two powerhouses in the SEC? I think I see the shootout everyone else sees. So that's almost like too obvious up to 156, 155 and a half. Man, I've been kind of bashing Auburn all year, but plus two in the massive home spot where we know they play better. Kind of feel like there's a good value there, Kai. I'm not betting it because I've been the token Auburn um, sort of, you know, throwing shade at them all year. I'm not betting them now. So, yeah, can't can't, uh, can't in good faith endorse an Iron Bowl back of the, uh, the Tigers. Uh, well, it's going to be a track meet. Uh, Oates is four and two to the over since he got to Alabama against Auburn. Five of their games over 80 possessions the last three years against each other. It's going to have a lot of possessions. It's going to fly. It's a huge rivalry game. We know this. I do think Auburn could pull the upset. We saw Alabama obviously falter on the road earlier at Oklahoma. Uh, they're capable of laying an egg. But Auburn's been falling, man. They do need this game, but they've lost four or five. They're kind of coming back down to the point where we kind of thought they were, Matt, at the beginning of the season. Can they score? Their offense hasn't been pretty. Hopefully the erratic guards kind of step up in, in this atmosphere. They tend to do that. Um, tends to be their MO at plus two and a half. I suppose I lean towards Auburn. I still kind of like the over gym at one fifty five and a half, but it has moved a ton. It got hammered from the opener. Yep. Yeah. The, the over was my best bet in the circuit contest. I tweeted that out, was able to lock it in at one fifty two and a half when I submitted. And obviously it is shot up. People are all over that, that pace trend last year, 80 possessions, 81 possessions in their two meetings. That's with no overtime, like just true track meets up and down. And I think with the atmosphere at Auburn, I think the cheapest ticket to get in is like $160 or something. Ooh. It's really a hot, hot seat. Um, so I think with that, that almost is going to infuse even more energy into the game up and down. It, Wendell Green's going to want to get shots up early and often. And he actually had some really big games last year against Alabama, big time shot making. So I think we see that again. Over makes sense. Definitely a little bit hesitant to recommend it where it's at at this stage, but um, I think that's probably the right side. Lean towards Alabama, but I don't want to go against uh, some of the Auburn money that's coming in and uh, the crowd, the, the jungle. It's a tough place to play. All right, next up, go to the Big East in, into the the heart of America. Creighton hosting UConn. Kai, your Huskies got right a little bit this week, taking out Marquette, dominating from the opening tip, hitting a half-court buzzer beater at halftime right. to just continue the momentum. Do we buy that that's where this UConn is going? Are they going back up into the clouds, the stratosphere? Because if so, Creighton minus four and a half might be a little high. Uh, I think it's a bit high. It's obviously a great spot for Creighton, and everyone agrees this line's gotten a bit out of hand. Kempom made this line Creighton minus one. The line's minus four and a half. Is Creighton better on a neutral? You could probably argue that right now, the way they're playing currently, especially with Kalkbrenner back in the lineup. Uh, UConn did win the first game. Kalkbrenner was pretty quiet in that game. He did have four blocks. The Jays were two for 16 from deep. That probably uh, turns around here. Creighton's as hot as any team in the country right now. They've won seven straight, only four and three against the spread mat during those seven games. But still, you can see the way they're playing right now. And they're also one of the few teams that can kind of match UConn with size, with Kalkbrenner, but that trends two ways. Clayton and Snogo do, do pose problems for Kalkbrenner. I trust Creighton's guards more. I trust them at home more. I do lean towards the Jays at minus four and a half, but again, it's way too high for me. Yeah, I like both teams. Just an annoying situation where you have two teams you're looking to bet on in good spots, but not a good spot when you put them against each other. Crazy to think that this game closed seven and a half, eight, just a month ago. Uh, UConn favored by that much, and obviously kind of shows how well, Creighton has covered. played 
and they covered, right? Uh, but I think UConn kept them at bay for most of that game. It wasn't like it was a back-and-forth affair. I mean, UConn looked like the better team. Now I think Creighton's the better team, um, but not by a substantial margin. I think UConn kind of convinced people that they still have that top, top gear in them recently after that little mini swoon. So, yeah, I think we talked about this on the, the action show. It's a really sharp line. Um, if you have a hard, strong take on this game, I guess I would question what your edge is, what your angle is. Uh, my angle, Matt, I don't have a super strong take on it, but I, I don't. I don't buy the UConn resurgence. I'm not in on it. I, I think they had some hot shooting early and that fueled uh, a really strong performance on the road at Creighton. I, I don't think we'll see the same UConn team. Uh, this would be Creighton or nothing for me on the side. Uh, Creighton actually kind of dominated the first one in inside the paint, totally dominated the glass 49 to 34 on the boards had 20 offensive rebounds against UConn. Thought that was rather impressive. Uh, they just didn't hit threes, could not shoot at all. I think we see a much better shooting performance in Creighton. Um, I think even where this line is at, I would still lean towards the Blue Jays, but I was hoping to get minus three or shorter. That didn't happen. Uh, also like the under first game had 59 possessions in the first 59 minutes. Then some fouling ended up adding a bunch of points and possessions to the total, but uh, very, very slow type of pace, deliberate. And that's been the trend under uh, McDermott versus Hurley, four straight unders between these two. I think there is something to that. All right, next up, Baylor at TCU. Baylor, one-point road favorite over the Horned Frogs. Matthew, I love my Horned Frogs, but with no Mike Miles, no Eddie Lampkin, they're just not the same team. So I'm leaning Bears. What do you say? Yeah, I'm with you. I think you made a pretty good case for this earlier today, Jim. I'm getting Cryer back, presumably, and without Miles and Lampkin. I, I've said this TCU team is almost immune to injuries to a certain extent, but Miles and Lampkin against this Baylor team, the way that Baylor's headed, especially with the potential um, kind of emotional jolt that our guy Cha-Cha could give them. I love those guards. Kind of my concern, though, is TCU's so good in transition. I know Miles is the catalyst to that, but they can still get out and run with, with Ball leading the attack, and that's where we've seen Baylor be a little bit vulnerable this season. Um, so if Scott Drew just harps on his guys to get back on defense and sit down in, in the half court and make TCU score in the half court um, and make outside shots, I think they win this game. Yeah, TCU's back at home. You got to like that. But with no Miles, no Lampkin, that, that's tough, man. JTT's back for Baylor. It's kind of healthy versus not healthy. LJ Cryer status is still kind of up in the air. Um, obviously, he does matter for Baylor, um, TBD if he plays. But this Bears team is playing its best basketball right now. They've won eight of the last nine games. TCU has been stumbling without Miles in the lineup. They've been competitive, but they've lost three or four. They need him. They need him in the lineup. Uh, it's also a Baylor revenge game. They led game one by 17 points. They blew it. Mike Miles had 33 points in that game. Lampkin had 15 and nine. I, I do lean towards Baylor here. Scrappy home TCU scares me a bit, Jim, off this game, but I lean their way at minus one. Baylor. Yeah, shorthanded. It's not like they're rolling over. Uh, I, I don't feel that way about TCU at all. They fight, but they just don't have the oomph, the, the offensive juice that Miles brings late in the shot clock and just creating for others. And like Matt said, the, the transition attack, it's strong, but it's not the same without Miles. He is a go, go, go guy. Can get to the rim, can find others. Uh, and a team that can't really shoot from the perimeter, they're going to have to get to the rim. And I think uh, Jonathan Chamochachu is a really big boost for Baylor's defense. Just the way they switch, the way he communicates, and just giving a, a more solid presence at the rim. He played 21 minutes last game. Like He's legitimately getting into a real rotation slot despite a recent return from that gruesome knee injury. So it'd be Baylor for me. No real take on the total, but um, definitely a, a Baylor side bet for me. All right, next up, West Virginia at Texas. One more Big 12 game before we lose our beloved Matt to Boca Raton. Texas, seven-point home favorite here, laying a touchdown. Matt? 
spread is not that big on Ken Palm. So it's very much a people see the Hong, Longhorns as better than the analytics project them or West Virginia a little worse. What say you, you big Mountaineer lover, you? Yeah, you got to respect home court here. Um, we'll talk about it. Well, actually, I mean, I get a chance to talk about it, but some of the Big Ten home road splits are so stark. The Big 12 hasn't been as dominant home teams this season. Um, but I think West Virginia is, yeah, one of those squads where I trust them a lot more in really good spots. They've still been more competitive um, away from home and outside of those good spots. And people realize, kind of like Rutgers, I think people just only chalk them up to a home dominant. They suck everywhere else. Um, and I, I know we talked about how I think we're back in on Texas, but seven's a big number. I think this game can get a little bit ugly, grindy. You know, if if West Virginia can impose some interior um, dominance, Kai, you can see Texas struggling to put them away emphatically here. I, got, I do worry about West Virginia's ball handling uh, against the pressure, but, yep. you know, with, if Eric Stevenson's hitting shots, they can be pretty much anyone in the country. Yeah, West Virginia is a train that's humming along right now, um, and they lack road wins. They've beaten Pitt. They've beaten Texas Tech on the road. One more here, especially against Texas, I think that would be the clincher for the dance. Um, and Texas has motivation too, right? They they're still in play for a one seed. They're they're able to get to that if if they really went out or or uh, do well these last few games here. In game one, Texas won by eight on the road. West Virginia did have the lead in the second half. It was close throughout. They just couldn't finish inside the arc. They couldn't score against Texas's interior defense. Forty one percent from two. They also had twenty turnovers in that game. That's concerning. But look what they just did against Iowa State, man. They handled the ball. 11 turnovers against Iowa State's defense is very good. Yes, they were at home, but I, I think they're just firing at all cylinders right now, right now here, Jim. Plus seven is the way I lean towards uh, this game, towards the West Virginia Mountaineers. Yeah, to Matt's point, West Virginia hasn't been disastrous on the road, but like you said, Kai, the two wins aren't really that impressive. Pitt was reeling early in the year. I mean, it looks awesome now to win at Pitt by 25. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's a team that's very reliant on the whistle. Like they foul a ton. They really need to get to the line to score efficiently. They don't really finish inside. They're dead last in the league in two point percentage, uh, 48% inside the arc. Not very good. So they, they need those free throws to boost the efficiency. That concerns me a little bit. I like the under here and I'm with Matt. I think this stays a little bit closer. It's kind of like when Kansas lays eight or nine at home in big 12 play, right? I don't really want to lay that the teams are too even. Um, I think it stays at least within that number. All right, Kai, let's get chat mob part one taken care of folks. Before we do make sure you hit that like button. Got a lot of people hanging in here on a spinny Saturday. Hit the like button. Let's rack up a big total there. What do you got for us, Kai? Is Matt gone after chat mob? Yeah. So we're I'll sending go. all questions to him. Better I'm going to it when you least expect it, Kai. You better give us your best bet before you go. I, I will not. I will not oh, say it for oh, you. I will. Ethan asks about a big 10 game, Wisconsin and Nebraska. The Badgers are on the road. Tony hopes in the win in the balance in the win, Jim uh, minus two and a half at Nebraska. Your thoughts. Uh, Nebraska is just really struggling lately. Um, injuries have taken their toll with them with no Gary, no Bandamel. My guy Tominaga has been a, a real threat from a threat from deep, but I think Wisconsin may be riding the ship a little bit. Um, and they've actually been solid on the road. They're not completely hopeless outside of Madison lean towards the Badgers. Matthew, San Diego Pacific, over is the question from Ethan. It's 160. 160. I can't figure out the San Diego over thing. I know they don't guard anybody, but they've shown signs of life when Delaire's been in there. Um, I, I don't know who's playing for this team today. I've stopped keeping up with their injuries. I know they got healthy your last game, but it's just too whack-a-mole, both on side and total for me to trust it. Yeah, Williams and Delaire both out last game. Townsend returned from a funeral, so he wasn't actually hurt. But, um, yeah, it's it's tough to figure them out. Last one from Ethan is Murray State and Bradley. Murray State's plus 11 on the road. Murray State has given up 
99 and then 91 points in, in consecutive games. Uh, one of those games was at home. This team's either broken or they have really bad luck. Either way, I'm staying away from them for, for now, Jim. Yep, agreed. Home Bradley versus Road Murray State is like yes. yeah, probably the Braves. And Jim from J. Will, Providence and St. John's, a, a good game in the Big East that didn't quite make our rundown. Providence is laying five on the road. Your thoughts? Yeah, St. John's has almost turned this into not a good game with their recent performances. Mm-hmm. Um, David Jones is in. Andre Curbelo is out. So kind of player shuffling there for the Johnnies. I like that trade quite a bit for them. Yeah, um, And I don't love Providence as a road favorite. They're an awesome road dog and a um, good in any game that's like a pick em. I'm not sure I want to lay it with them. I, I sort of lean towards the Johnnies on the number with that uh, David Jones back in the lineup. Matthew, Kentucky and Georgia. Kentucky's laying seven and a half on the road. Speculation, Terry Roberts might be back for Georgia. We know C.J. Frederick is out for Kentucky. Severe Wheeler, TBD. Your thoughts? Yeah, not a lot of depth. I kind of like the dogs here at home with, with Roberts back, and I think he's immensely important. Like a really good defender, kind of steadies their offense, and the Kentucky resurgence was short-lived. They certainly fooled me. Uh, I'll put my hand up and be the first to admit I missed that one. Um, and yeah, the whole Oscar Sheboy defensive liability thing is very real. I, I was not sure if Mike White's the type of coach with how he plans, how he plays to exploit that, but that's been a real issue for Kentucky. They have no solution to that. Jim, let's go. Big South Presbyterian is hosting UNC Asheville. Asheville minus four and a half on the road. Yeah, it feels really short, like 19-win team against a 5-win team. You're like, whoa, what's happening here? Uh, but Presbyterian's not very good. They slow the game down, though. They muck it up. Uh, I can see this being an under game where Asheville put, or Presbyterian puts all their defensive attention on Drew Pember and forces everyone else on Asheville to beat him. Um, it, it feels obvious, but I still gut lean towards Asheville. Uh, I just think they're categorically better than Presbyterian. Matthew, in the Ivy, you love the Ivy. Cornell is laying two on the road at Brown. Questions for Cornell, Nazir Williams. Is he in? Is he out? He's missed the last several games. They've been kind of struggling without him. Your thoughts? Yeah, they need him. They don't have a ton of like creators at the point of attack. Um, so I'm not going to wait until I know he's in, but I would lean their way if he wasn't. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, let's go with Jim on this one, Bryant and UMBC. Yeah. Uh, chat says Bryant's taking a lot of money. They're minus one and a half. I think it opened pick. Um, they're at UMBC. They're starting to play really well, getting up into, I think, a tie for second now in the America East, especially with the Vermont Lowell going on today. Bryant could be in second at the end of the day. Lean their way. Um, no surprise to see a total at 160. I kind of think over still has a little value. Both teams love a shootout. I think this game gets really up and down. They've gotten healthier. Kramer back and Bullock. So yeah, Bryant might be a sneaky buy low here. Matthew from John. Charlotte is on the road at North Texas. Ali Khalifa back for Charlotte last game. They're plus six and a half at the Mean Green. Your thoughts? 111 is a total, Kai. 111. And I like the under. Um, I can't even lay a favorite with a 111. I, I kind of lean North Texas. So I was like, really? They're going to cover six and score 50 points? I don't know. Right. Um, under and then don't bet aside. That's my take. All right, Jim, last one before we go back to the rundown here. Indiana State at Northern Iowa. I'll get you an updated spread here if I can find it. Plus two and a half. The Panthers are dogs at home hosting the Sycamores. 
Yeah, Indiana State maybe has figured it out a little bit. Uh, not not quite to the extent maybe that Drake has figured it out. Um, but I, I numbers said under here, Kai, don't like betting unders in Indiana State games because they can change the tempo on you. Didn't really have a strong take on the side, unfortunately. All righty, let's go back to the rundown. Or if Matt wants to give his best bet, I don't know what your schedule is, kid. You I'm going to stay until after uh, my alma mater is discussed, and then I'll lob two best bets into the ether, and then I'll dart for the door. All right, Love fun. It. Okay. All right, then we're getting to UCLA at Oregon here first. UCLA minus two and a half on the road. But man, Altman has kind of owned Mick Cronin. He's won four of the last five straight up, he's covered five in a row. Kai, does that give the edge to Oregon at home, who's also very desperate for wins to get into the tournament picture? They they are desperate. They're on the outside looking in. They're on the bubble by everyone's opinion right now. And UCLA is kind of stuck in neutral as a two or three seed. They, they really lack quality wins. They don't have a ton of chances left to get them either. Um, this would qualify for, for sure, but I don't think UCLA has much of a upward trajectory towards a one seed. The path, it's there, but it's dicey. Oregon. They need to win this game. And and you mentioned it, Jim Altman over Cronin. Oregon's beaten UCLA at home here three straight seasons. Three straight years they've beaten them. Size is an advantage here. Can they get Adam Bona in foul trouble, Matthew? They have plenty of length to kind of match up with Hawkes and Campbell. I do like the home angle that you should get their best effort from Oregon, but it is the Ducks, and we don't trust them. And the line, it's a lot shorter than what Kim Palm's got it at. Kim Palm's got it five. This line's only two and a half. I lean towards the Ducks, but I stayed away. Yeah, there's like four games on the board today where I think the market is really against, you know, Ken Palm and the numbers. And I kind of agree with Ken Palm and the numbers here. Um, that's not to say I lean UCLA, but I think that two is a little too short. And you're right, Kai, this Oregon team, relative to teams of years past, from like waiting for the March uptick, I don't fully trust it. Even though Jim, my guy Nate Biddle, is the X Factor. I had 11 points in 18 minutes last game. I think he's a mismatch for these Bruins. Yeah, Nate no longer brittle, Biddle. He's put, he's put some muscle on. That, that guy can actually battle inside now. Uh, yeah, I, it, it feels like the healthier version of Oregon is actually starting to come together here. And the I think the Altman ownership of Cronin recently actually is is real. It's some of the defensive changes that he throws out, kind of messes with what UCLA wants to do offensively, kneeling towards the Ducks, getting two and a half at home there. Big bubble win, hopefully, in their future. All right, Matt, talk about your alma mater. Let's do it. You got to you got to tell us about IU at Michigan. Michigan is is laying two and a half here. Excuse me. Right. Your Hoosiers off of two massive emotional home wins. Is this a fade spot for your alma mater? Yeah, tough spot. We saw IU, uh, you know, lay an egg in this spot before the Purdue game. Um, and Michigan's been better at home historically. But this Michigan team, again, another example where Ken Palm has this IU minus or IU winning by one. Market continues to have Michigan rated higher than most. I was in that same boat. I've kind of come away from that. It's too much here to lay a field goal with Michigan. Oh, I don't trust this team. I know they played better the last couple of games, but what? They beat Nebraska at home. Whoop de doo. They beat uh, <laughs> who they just beat it um, before that. They won at Northwestern uh, by 17, which is actually really impressive. Semi impressive, fine, impressive. And they come back home and beat Ohio State. No one that's not impressive anymore. And Nebraska by 21. I'm not impressed by that. I, I still think it's a little bit of an overreaction to Michigan's mini uptick that I don't know if it's all the way legit. So I actually, I like the Hoosiers here. Famous last words, fading a home team in the big 10 has not been profitable. Kai, here's the numbers real quick. Sorry. Um, one second. No 55, apologies. Necessary. 55 and 34 home teams, in the big 10 this year, 55 and 34. That's, ATS. Is that all ATS. games or all games or conference, conference games, conference only conference ATS wow. okay. 55, 34. 
Interesting. Home, home so, matters. We've so always said do not bet against home teams in Big Ten. Don't. Hey, do I was harping on Big Ten home at the beginning of the conference of conference play. It's finally come around. Well, it's great to hear. Great to hear. Uh, yeah, uh, the spots Michigan, right? Indiana's off those two big wins. Rutgers, Purdue, Michigan needs this. They're kind of like Oregon. They're they're more outside the bubble right now than Oregon. They they're outside of the first four out. They've played. They've had three state covers. I know Matt mentioned their opponents, but three straight covers. In the ATS sure, world, sure. all things are equal. Yeah. They, they are playing better than expected. Michigan's two and one since Hunter Dickinson got there against Indiana, but we all think TJD is clearly better. Maybe Hunter steps up uh, when he's highly motivated. He obviously always has a chip on his shoulder. Um, maybe he he shows out in this game, Jim. Athleticism on both sides. Love the upside of all their of, of both teams' young wings. I lean towards the Wolverines, it's, and it's mostly a spot thing here. Yep, same. Uh, Michigan love the spot. I, I don't know if Xavier Johnson might kind of try to debut back here for Indiana. I like him as a long-term piece for them, but it could be a little bit of a jarring to the rotation type of thing. If he comes in and, and doesn't upset the apple cart, but like just, you know, makes everybody play a different role. So I, I like Michigan as well. All right, Matthew, we cannot let you go without your best bets. Hit us with those and then we will let you take off on the road. I'm taking, of course, the FAU Owls laying 11 because that's just part of our policy here. We bet teams in which we watch in person. We believe we are worth at least a point or two or more to the side. So uh, go ahead and lay it there with uh, presumably locked in and motivated FAU squad as they continue their quest on an at-large berth. My second and initial best bet, UNLV taking the Rebs, catching way too many, in my opinion, at San Diego State, who I know has been terrific. Um, just a good spot for the Rebs, who struggled to start Conference play after a really strong non-con. They got an Eli Parquet back, Parquet, Parquet floor, Parquet. Um, really critical defender. They played better with him. Look at the results. I know they've been inconsistent, but they're not a team that gets blown out. They will compete in this game. I think it's ugly. It's gross. Um, San Diego State coming off that big win midweek. I think they keep this competitive. So the Rebs and the Owls. And then not a best bet, but real quick before I go and you guys discuss this game. The Devils are going to win at JPJ today. Uh, wow. Um, yeah. Maddie Moneylines calling Boom. the Duke out. Um, and yes, the, Matt, Matt's UNLV bet is plus nine. He, plus he, he nine, did his whole nine. say, don't quite say the number. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Number it. agnostic, Jim. It's a lock. All right. Beautiful. Take care. Right. Enjoy, today, Matthew. Cheers. The spinny boys will finish this one out. Bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Hope you find your dad. All right, Kai, let's talk Duke at Virginia. Matt gave us a little lead in for it. He believes the Devils win outright. They are a six point underdog. Mm. Kai, I don't agree with him. I will get to why in a second, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Did you see that transition on the video? That's fantastic, Dagan. Golly, Dag- your Dagan's producing skills are ridiculous. God tier uh, <laughs> producer. Uh, yes, um, Whitehead's back for Duke. That's important. They're one and three against the spread without him. Uh, but Virginia seems like a tough matchup, man. Number one in the ACC in turnover rate. Duke turns the ball over at the second highest rate in the conference. Duke's offense doesn't have the intricate cutting that we saw, for, for instance, Virginia Tech do against Virginia that really surprisingly, Jim, like sliced and diced them. It was it was not pretty. I think Derek Lively gets a couple lobs here and there. Virginia's been susceptible to that. But overall, I don't think Duke scores very easily. They can't shoot. They cannot shoot over this pack line. That's a big problem. They have the glass edge. I don't think it's enough here. I actually lean towards Virginia, even at minus six. Yeah, I lean towards Virginia too. And here's why. My guy, Caden Chedrick, Kai, he, he dusted off the cobwebs and, and actually played 26 minutes last game. He did not play a single minute against Virginia Tech when their interior defense looked like a sieve. And I don't really understand why Uh, Virginia is plus 31 per 100 possessions when he plays, Hmm. only plus 15 per 100 when he sits. So the the advanced number scream 
Shedrick is a really big deal. Uh, Bennett and the whole rotation or, or the guys that were in the postgame presser talked about staying ready and, and Shedrick stayed ready and practiced really well. I, I think the fact that, like you said, Duke can't shoot over the pack line and now there's actually a, an interior enforcer in there with Shedrick, mm-hmm. that gives too many issues for the Blue Devils to score. I would I would lean towards Virginia as well. All right, next up, last one before we go back to chat mob and Kai will kind of tag team all the questions. I know they're rolling in there. I got Oklahoma him, baby. I'm locked in, man. You're so sharp. I'm, I sit there and whine every Saturday when I'm the chat mobber. Got and, the old and, pen and pencil, baby. Matt style. Pen and pencil. What are you writing on then? Pen and pencil. That's all I need. Just write you on the pencil. paper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oklahoma State at Iowa State. So last one on the outline here. Iowa State, six point favorite. Man, we expect another grind fest. The first one mm-hmm. was uh, big time war. <clears throat> Kai Avery Anderson had 18 points in that game, five assists. Yeah. We also had eight turnovers, so do hmm. we go addition by subtraction? How does this matchup look to you, the Iowa State yeah. lane six at Hilton? Yeah, big bounce back spot for Iowa State, number one from that first game, but also the way they've been playing recently. They've lost three of four. Three of them were on the road. They 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 fought in all of them. They should have beaten Texas Tech, and they had some injuries in those games, right? Caleb Grill missed for, for Iowa State in the Mizzou game. That was huge. Okay, State survived Texas Tech. They've won four in a row, but Jim, with Avery Anderson out, I'm worried about them. I think that catches up with them. Uh, it, it was an ugly game in the first one. Iowa State was two for nine from deep, seven for 12 from the free throw line. It's probably ugly again, but I expect Iowa State to play a lot better, especially at home. Oklahoma State will turn the ball over. They will struggle to score without Anderson. And at least Iowa State can shoot. So I lean towards the clones here at minus six. Yep, agreed. And no Anderson takes away a lot of perimeter playmaking for them. And they'd started to figure things out. Was Cisse not really a part of the lineup? They'd fed Caleb Boone a ton, but now I, I don't know really where the scoring comes from, especially against a team that can turn you over, get going in transition in front of their home crowd. Uh, who mentioned in the chat, William Herman, Iowa State has not lost at home, correct? Like that team is really, really mm-hmm. good at Hilton. Um, and I think that boosts the shooting. Kai, we saw it with our Tigers, our Mizzou Tigers, a couple times. We're getting back home. Yes. Suddenly you make shots again. I think Iowa State has that going for them today. All right, let's get to chat mob part two before we give away our best bets and hopefully remember and reiterate Matthew's best bets. Smash that like and here we go. Penn State, Maryland, Jim from Graham. Wow, this line is taken off, man. Minus eight, Maryland. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, this is home Maryland. Um, They've been a complete juggernaut, but I I do kind of agree with uh, what Matt's saying with the Big Ten home. I I don't want to really get in the way. It seems really high to me. I did not make this eight. I'll tell you that much. I made it lower, but I'm a little spooked by how good the Terps have been at home and and how strong Big Big Ten home court is. So I will not take Penn State. Yeah, it's high. That's high. Uh, How about another Big East game? I guess I can answer this question. We'll go ping pong. Seton Hall at Villanova. Nova's laying five. Again, another game above the Kim Palm line, but this one makes more sense, right? Justin Moore, fully back in the lineup. I think Villanova starts trending up. I lean towards Nova, Jim. I do too. I think it opened three and a half and, and people are also buying that same narrative that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, five, five might be a little steep, but man, I, I do think Nova starts to play really well. And Moore's numbers looked really good the last two games. From Red, uh, Virginia Tech at Notre Dame. Uh, I like the Hokies here. It's up to minus six. Notre Dame, one of the worst ATS teams in the country. Yep, and for some reason, Virginia Tech can't beat Boston College, but I think they kind of slice up Notre Dame's horrific defense. Agreed. From Graham, Cincinnati and South Florida, the Bearcats have been rolling lately. They are minus nine against the Bulls. 
Yeah, Victor Locken, I think, is iffy for this one. The Loch Ness Monster, as I like Very to call good. him. Yes. And mm-hmm. no one agrees. No one will pick up on my cool nicknames, Kai. It frustrates me. Uh, but I, I think that's a big deal. If he's not in there, they can't dominate the paint quite as much. South Florida has been kind of an over-machine this year after not being able to score. I don't have a strong take on the side on this one, Kai. Maybe a little bit high would lean towards the Bulls if Locken's out, but I'm not actually going to take it. From Daryl St. Joe's and George Washington, Tell you what, I lean towards George Washington in this game. I, I think four and a half is too many points. Casper uh, Klatchich is still TBD for St. Joseph's. He's missed the last three games with illness. No idea if he's back. He's pretty huge for them. But I lean towards GW. Uh, Jim from Nine Route, LMU, Santa Clara. Big spot for uh, Santa Clara here. Yeah, that's that's what it comes down to for me. LMU off an overtime win 48 hours ago against St. Mary's. Like crazy comeback. I believe in the final 10 minutes of that game, so last five minutes of regulation and overtime, LMU scored two points per possession. Like, absurd. They scored every time down except for one or two, and then they had two and ones to make up for it. It was ridiculous. Uh, I think going up to the Bay with Gonzaga on deck, the rematch, it might be too tough of a spot for LMU. I think this, this play is to Santa Clara for sure. Rice is at FIU from Tate here. Tell you what, man, I'm not getting in the way of FIU. This team has been a wagon lately. They're covering every game, especially at home. I lean towards uh, FIU minus three. Uh, I'm just not stepping in front of this team there. Yep, playing a lot slower in league play, and it, it's actually really helping them. Jim, in the whack from Kyle, Southern Utah is at Utah Valley. Utah Valley lane five and a half. Yeah, kind of a rivalry, beehive rivalry. I think these two teams, mm-hmm. there's no love lost, Kai, between no them. No love lost. I expect uh, a lot of points. I actually almost played the over for my Circa contest with this one. Um, I think Southern Utah loves to get up and down, and Utah Valley is, is relatively willing to in a rivalry game. Didn't end up playing at Kai, and I, I didn't have a take on the side. I think this is going to be a really, really good one in that conference. I agree. From OG Souls, Zags, BYU over? 156, it's a big number. I suppose I lean that way. I, I will never take an under when these two teams play against each other, but... It is pretty high number, Jim. Agreed. Gonzaga scored 60 in the first half against San Francisco, and they didn't even shoot the three well. Like, they're just <laughs> getting up and down and getting great shots. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really interested in oh, – so, by the way, I will mention, the tiebreaker in the WCC is the net ranking. Mm-hmm. So, Gonzaga has every incentive to blow teams out because yep. then if they beat St. Mary's on the last day, they can maybe pass them in the net. So, we'll see if that matters. Uh, in Marquette, Georgetown, the over Ted, I, it's kind of like the Gonzaga one. I'm not going to take an under when when Marquette, Georgetown play. I, I think both Marquette's going to slice and dice them. They're off that uh, that loss to UConn. I think they're they're going to smash, score a lot of points. Jim Phillip asks about Rutgers at Illinois. Talked about Big Ten home court. Illinois is minus five and a half. Rutgers on the road. Thoughts. Yeah, I was kind of excited to take Illinois. This is another one where it's very far off the Ken Palm number, um, but I get it. No Maywatt Mag actually matters a lot for Rutgers. Lose their lineup versatility, lose their depth. Um, Illinois trending up. I think we're getting a, a Luke Goody debut today for the Illini. Wow, so just adding to that. Yeah, I, I would I would lean towards Illinois there. Andrew asks about Louisiana at Troy. Uh, I did take the Cajuns. I think it's a good bounce back spot for them after their loss to Southern Miss. And they also took care of business against Troy in game one. Um, I think they do so again. Minus two, short spread there on the road. Uh, Jim, Dan asks about Monmouth, the wagon that is Monmouth. But guess who's just as much of a wagon ATS-wise lately? Hofstra. Both teams playing very well against the number. Hofstra is laying uh, minus 11, I think, on the road. 
Yeah, it's come down a little bit. I think I had seen 12 yesterday. So people are definitely buying the Monmouth resurgence. Um, they're not really resurging with their offense, though. Um, and, and that's tough. You got to be able to score against Hofstra because that team really can score. Estrada's back in there for Hofstra. 11 feels a tad low, but I'm not going against Monmouth the way they're playing right now. From J Money, EMU plus 12 hosting Toledo. Here's my my concern here. I know EMU's been covering spreads like it's their job recently. Imani Bates looking better. Toledo kills bad teams in this league, and that's my only concern, Jim. They can blow teams out. Has me staying away. Yeah. Is Eastern Michigan still a really bad team? That's that's Maybe kind not. of the question with the, yeah. the talent level starting to Stop actually making. play up a little bit there. Um 167 total, I think it is. My, my number said under, and I said, no, thank you. I, no, I'm not interested when both teams score 1.2 points per possession and this game has like 200 points. I, I'm not interested in that. Matt asks about UMass and LaSalle. I know our Matt liked LaSalle in this game. With RJ Luis out, with Noah Fernandes out. Wait, RJ Luis is available, warming up. Really? Wow, he was just, just announced. Yep. Okay. Rasul Diggins is still out. If Luis is in, and this is why you probably see the line coming back down a little bit here, I'd actually lean towards UMass at plus four, uh, but I, I am staying away. LaSalle's won two or three in a row. They've yep. looked better. Jim, a big one we have not discussed, actually. Kansas at Oklahoma from John here. Uh, the Jaybirds are laying three on the road at the Sooners. Three and a half. Yeah, that feels a little high. Oklahoma's home efforts have been really, really good. And not just when they win, like they obviously blew out Alabama. That's the standout one. But um, they lose lose to Baylor by two, beat West Virginia by one, lose to Iowa State by three, lose to Texas by one. Like they just hang around at home. I would not want to lay over a possession with Kansas. It'd be Oklahoma yeah. or nothing there. Uh, Mercer at Chattanooga. Man, Chattanooga is only a three and a half point favorite. Without Jake Stevens, they've been just below average they've just been a, a regular no big deal team so i i can't lay points with chattanooga and jim mercer has kind of won a few games recently they're kind of rounding back into shape a little bit i can say mercer back. is right there in the heart of my no bet list i yes. i don't know what to think of that team very up and down jim from uh ed you get colgate they're playing against bucknell colgate is on the road and they're laying 11 points on the road yeah what do you guys say fade Colgate and the Patriot at your own risk. Like exactly. I'm not really enthused by that idea. Bucknell can go in weird scoring droughts that just take them out of the game completely. So slightly into Colgate, but I didn't bet it. Miami and Louisville. This spread is ginormous. What was it? 20 last time I looked. <laughs> yeah. 20 points. Miami's laying against Louisville. I mean, shoot. I don't know how you can be confident taking Louisville. Yeah. They're outside the top 300 in Ken Palm. My goodness. Yeah. Um, against good teams, they lost by 34 at Pitt, um, and then they haven't really played good teams. The Pitt lost by 21, but they had the Notre Dame, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Florida State in there. So I think going back to playing good teams, Louisville is going to be in trouble. Obscure one in the Big South, Upstate, plus four and a half at Winthrop. I cannot figure Upstate out uh, for the life of me. They've beaten some good teams in this league. They've also uh, put in some stinkers. Full stay away from, from me on that game. I got nothing. Apologies. Jim, another big one that missed the outline uh, in the Big 12. It's Kansas State at Texas Tech. It's about a pick. I lean towards the Wildcats. I fully respect home court, but I like K-State. Yep, agreed. Uh, Texas Tech, I, I won't call them circling the drain. They, they were very competitive last time out. But, man, 1-10 in 10 in the league, not a ton left to play for. No Pop Isaacs, probably. No IMAC. 
I lean towards K-State. I also like the over. Uh, with Bacho not starting for Texas Tech, they're willing to play faster, smaller, and I think K-State will ramp up the tempo. First one was really ugly, uh, 68-58, but I think we see more points here. We got kind of a little phenomenon here in the A-Sun. Jacksonville State, Kennesaw State play right after playing each other just a couple of days ago. Kennesaw's minus nine at home, Jim. They did not cover game one. They only won by two against Jacksonville State on the road. I tend to lean towards A-Sun home here and lean towards Kennesaw. Yeah, I think that was a buzzer beater that could take the wind out of sales of uh, the sales for Jacksonville State. Like we yeah. had them, we competed. Uh, now we got to play these guys again who are definitely better than us. I'm 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 sitting it out, but uh, yeah, probably lean towards the home team. Another one from Joey here, Bellarmine and Queens. They just played each other as well, I think, pretty recently. Queens minus five makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah, I get it. I, I don't love this version of Queens with no McClooney and Gavin Reigns. I think you take mm-hmm. out Reigns and they're just not quite as strong, especially defensively. He's like their only guy with beef. McLaurin's solid, but uh, I think Reigns matters. I think I lean towards Bellarmine Kyle. I guess they're shorthanded too still with no Wheeland. Uh, from Paul, Jim, in the truce battle, Army-Navy, uh, I lean towards Army at plus four and a half, but I'm done fading Navy. It seems like every time I get back on the fade Navy train, they come right back at me. So I'm just like, no, thank you. No, thanks. Yeah, there's been some crazy games between these two over the years. I think last year there was like a 25-point comeback. Um, yes. I, I think Army right. came from Army. behind. It's just, just absolutely nuts. So, yeah, not a not a rivalry I want to lay points in. I think it tends to be close. Navy, Navy did win by six earlier this year, but um, at Army, I would lean towards the ground troops getting the points. All right, let's do three more and then go to our best bets real quick. Dartmouth hosting Princeton, plus seven and a half tend to lean towards the dogs and Ivy play here, Jim, especially at home. Uh, these two, I think played a double overtime game the last game. Yeah. Dartmouth's pretty good, man. Scrappy. Like the, especially in league play. They've been really, really solid. Um, haven't really gotten blown out. I guess Yale beat them by 19 last time, which yeah. makes me sound like a bozo. Uh, but I, I think they're able to compete with Princeton. Jim from, uh, from TJ, you're going to take the Razorbacks with Nick Smith back laying six and a half against Mississippi state. Uh, I, I I like Arkansas generally with Nick Smith back a lot. The talent level is really high. I think he adds some perimeter pop that maybe helps spread the floor out, but Mississippi state's going to make them shoot over the top. And that's really Arkansas's weakness. So I think Arkansas wins and I'm guessing Smith looks pretty good back in the lineup, but I'm not willing to lay it. Kai, I just think the numbers are a little too high against a, a compact physical defense. Uh, and then finally, San Jose State hosting Utah State plus six. San Jose State is a dog at home. I'll tell you what, I like San Jose State at home in general. I like fading Utah State on the road in general. As a home team this year, San Jose State seven and three against the spread. Um, they just play better there. I, I lean their way at six. All right, let's get best bets. We appreciate the questions, guys. Got to get you out before the 11 o'clock. Uh, the hour hits 11 here, central time. My best bet, Miami, Ohio. Minus seven is the way we're going. Yes, I'm back on the Red Hawk train. They've let me <laughs> down in the past, and boy, oh boy, was I mad at them. You were like, so mad last time. So mad. Frustrating. I'm not going to watch this game. Uh, here's why. Central Michigan, 0-4 against the spread, minus nine cover margin without Jesse Sarsuela in the lineup. He's probably done for the year. Um, speculation, probably done, though. Uh, Central Michigan cannot score without him. Miami should find buckets. It's also a revenge game for Miami. They lost this first game at CMU. They were five for 26 from three. And Sarzuela had 19 points in that game. So I like Miami here minus seven, Jim. Love it. Uh, Recapping Matt's best bets, I believe it was FAU minus 11 and UNLV plus nine. 
So reminder on those. And mine are two ugly unders on the extra board. Mm, let's eat them up, baby. St. Francis, Brooklyn, and Stonehill under 125 and a half. St. Francis, New York just played a uh, overtime game earlier this week. Stonehill has been a total under machine since they started playing a ton of zone. I think this one is gruesome. Really, really stays ugly. And then also Gardner-Webb versus Campbell, another two slow teams with way better offenses than defenses. Last year, their two games were 57 to 45 and 54 to 53. Earlier this year, they had a 63 to 58 one. Uh, Sounds like a shootout, but it's still under 125. I think we get another grind out game between those two opponents. That is it. A couple of ugly unders, Kai. Mm, I'm so excited. That's it for today. That is our Spinny Saturday show. A lot of games to enjoy, folks, so please do that. Good luck with all of your bets. Thank you to Bet Rivers, Field of 68, and, of course, Dagan Hughes. We're sorry about our Seton Hall potential fading today. Uh, don't, don't fire us, please. But that's it for the chat. We'll be back again on Monday, I believe, after the Super Bowl, talking that Monday slate, big Monday. Enjoy your Saturday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.